If you can find obscure truths in the world, that is a kind of extraordinary economic power. They are pretending to be truth tracking while I'm doing other things. doesn't matter which paradigm that stuff is in because the money is blind. Welcome to the Idea Market Podcast. This is Mike Elias, your host, and I'm joined today by Michael Kersey, a very interesting, uh, brilliant, eclectic guy who uh, I would describe as a post-smart intellectual. And I don't mean that he's stupid. I think if you follow, if you follow like the kind of intellectual trends on Twitter, um, there's, you know, there's kind of a lot of crazy avant-garde stuff going on. The term post-smart actually comes from Shalom's, who I had the opportunity to talk to on uh, Kersey's show, uh, Philosophers Playing Flight Philosophers Simulator. On Philosophers yeah. on, on Twitch Playing Flight Simulator, which is my favorite takeoff on, uh, on Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee ever. So uh, I love that project. I, I love everything that Kersey does. And he's just put out a, a recent a uh, little short film called Habits, which was very interesting and funny. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But um, we had the pleasure of hanging out in Utah a couple months ago and got some conversations started then. And uh, we probably both have some some notes to catch up on. So, Mike, I'll let you I'll let you start. Yeah, thank, I love that intro, um, and I love I love being <laughs> post smart. Um, <laughs> it's it's just my favorite term. So, yeah. Like I saw that yesterday. I was like, oh man, that is perfect. Right. Wait, so did you get on audio during the Shloms stream? Nice. I did. Okay. I did. I talked nice, to Shloms. Nice, nice. It's a crowning achievement of my. Uh, yeah. 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 He was a, less of a big deal then. Um, so, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because no, I remember people getting on, but it's also like, I think I didn't know your name as well at that time. And it's also like, you're playing the game, you're managing the stream, you're talking to commenters, it's like you forget what's going on. Um, so what's a post-smart intellectual? Well, all right. So I, I actually had my first insight about this on that call with Shlomes, uh appropriately. And it was like something I noticed about the crypto industry is that no one's impressed by intellect. Everyone there is smart. So in order to stand out, smart like who cares your mom thinks you're smart good for you and what actually makes things win is when they're fun so like fun is this is this kind of transcendent unification of dumb and mm -hmm. smart that has mm -hmm. like the appeal of the dumbness with the like post consideration of the smartness or something right. like that and, you know, it just creates this joy. Like a nerds, nerds if, if, on a playing field full of nerds, the smart one doesn't stand out. The fun right. one, the one who can be a nerd and also have a good time and, like, give people joy is the superstar. And uh, I think there's kind of, like, an intellectual Twitter sphere breaking out kind of from that kind of feeling that um, there's a smart that's smarter than smart and it doesn't look like mm. smart. Yeah, I, I, I've had a... Um... I haven't figured out the right words for it, but I've had this like feel I've been kind of working on about uh, 
which I imagine would come out in like tweets and stuff about like how nerdiness in, and intellectualism are, are different. Like ner nerdiness is really has a distinctive like quality and like it definitely sort of implies like being socially socially different, socially off in some way. And I, I've wanted to understand what that's about because I think about um, like World War II era, like the atomic dudes, you know, like, and like, like pocket protectors, right? And there's this sort of like weird, like the jocks and the nerds kind of uh, like ethos that I think is like passed down from that. That's like not totally how people think about things now anymore, like in terms of like, sort of like what are the virtues uh, and what clusters do they come in? What clusters do they not come in? So uh, anyway, that's sort of, that's sort of like what I, what I think of with the, with like smart and fun. I don't know what it is with nerds. It's like sort of like smart and like having it together socially or something. Um, it's like, it's like smart maxing or something. Nerds are like the incredibly buff bodybuilders of the mind. Like it's right. not actually the most optimal thing. Yeah. So what, what, um, I have a question, which is like, how do our Twitter circles overlap? I think, cause I'm less in crypto That's than you is going to be one obvious thing, but this totally, totally. I think I can pinpoint the guy through which they overlap. I think it's, um, uh, rival voices. Yeah. Um, we're both kind of like, autodidactic psychology mystical weirdos and just kind of like putting things into words in a similar kind of way and he's more like um fully committed to that niche than i am for me it's always been like a cope like i feel bad therefore psychology right. until i feel right, better. Right, right. and now that i'm feeling better it's like i'm not paying as much attention to that but i still appreciate like the level of insight right and honesty that he brings to stuff. And I just like that whole kind of attitude of like chaotic, good psychology research. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, that, that's an interesting question of whether psychology should be aimed at like, what is the purpose of it, right? Like definitely, it, yeah, I sometimes think about this, like, you know, life is for a living and um, there's something like you do enough psychology to get you back doing something other than psychology. But I also like spend a lot of time in this, in the mental spaces and stuff. And I, and I'm, I'm interested in the idea of like a positive ethos for, um, you know, how you spend your mind time, uh, sort of like rather than, than a negative, um, heal the problem, um, a positive, like, you know, attaining something. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to lay that all out. Yeah. I, I did interview a rival once. I have a, one with him called, um, I forgot what it's called. It's about like, um, he's, he's anti saving the world and, and, oh yeah, it's called the world does not exist. And he, when he's, he was articulating that this, the world is like a sort of like phantom, like weird abstraction bucket that like something gets put into that's like hiding something else. Um, but yeah. yeah. No, I love that. Um, the, yeah, I wonder if he's referencing, like, I don't know if it was Nisargadatta Maharaj or, like, Ramesh Balsakar, one of mm. those guys, who was like, there's there's no need to save the world. The world you see does not exist. 
it's just kind of like addressing the futility of identifying core problems. Mm. Like whatever you think out there is the core problem is just your core problem. That's just the deepest one you can see in yourself and acknowledging yourself and whatever's out right. there. Don't that's just, that's a, that's an escape. That's a cope or something. Yeah. Like that. I think that can go too far is my opinion, but there also is probably yeah. basically right by default or something. Yeah. 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 Um, as far as like a positive spin, one of, one of my favorite kind of positive psychology, uh, positive psychology is a shit phrase now, but one of my favorite productive applications of psychology is, and this is already becoming a cliche, like an emphasis on sensations in the body and your old videos on phenomena, phenomenology are some of my favorite like explorations of that, because it's really hard to talk about these little subtle subjective experiences it's almost like ear training and music mm. like some people have perfect pitch and can like appreciate fine differences and some people can't um and for the people that can't immediately you just kind of have to trust that they're there until you develop the skill and there's just like this whole universe of evidence collecting that hasn't happened because it's not like instrumentable it's just felt yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm starting to complain now, but I loved your phenomenology videos. Thank you. What I'm trying to say, and um, can you maybe explain a little what phenomenology is? Because the phenomenology of the word phenomenology is just yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it has a kind of it has a mouthfeel, you know. It's kind of got a bounce to it. Um, the uh, <laughs> what, what is phenomenology? I mean, phenomenology is. Um, now, I don't actually really know the history of the term. And I'm sure it goes back. To, it's I, I know there's the, the phenomenology of spirit is like used by Hegel and like quite possibly goes back to Kant, but I don't actually know. Um, that's not the most valuable, you know, interesting way to explain it. But I, I do find myself interested in what the actual history of the term is, um, because I don't know if I use the term in the, the exact most classically philosophically correct way. Um, I do think I use it to describe a, a thing that is absolutely a natural kind. Um, and that's good enough for me, right? Um, ph phenomenology is the stuff of mental experience. And um, however, that requires a little bit of reframing, reframing because you say mental and people think of thoughts and thoughts have their, have, there is a mental experience associated with having a thought, you know, it might be like a, you imagine like thought bubbles or like a thing going by or like a shape or whatever. Um, but the stuff of mental experience is, of course, everything we experience because everything you experience is you're experiencing through the mind. Um, and so you touch the table, you're experiencing the table, but also you're experiencing it through the mind. It's like the mind is the um, Rand actually of all people has this has a sort of like sharp framing on all of this where she basically just talks about the instrument um, and the thing that's being sensed by the instrument, right? So it's like the mind is this like thing that takes on impressions. Um, and so you get the impression of a table. And so phenomenology to be a little more direct. Okay. So now I've gotten two iterations. First iteration was the history of the term. Second iteration is all of mental experience. The third iteration is like, what are you feeling right now? So it's like, I'm feeling heat in my body because of uh, I'm wearing this, this sweater that I like. And I'm feeling, and if I look at that heat, I see that it is not just one simple thing. Uh, it is a very highly complex and um, the sweater is touching my body at different places. And 
some parts feel hot and some parts don't like uh, there's like sort of more like heat in the belly, but not in the solar plexus or something like that. And there's like, um, you know, I don't want to get too into it. Does it you know, get gross or something like that? But it is very like body stuff, you know, like a little bit of sweat here. Like um, I'm probably going a little fast because I've been drinking this coffee and I was sort of like rushing to like, you know, be on time. And like um, you, the, the cool thing about phenomenology is that you can iterate like crazy. You can go extremely complex and extremely in depth. And I think maybe what's surprising to people and cool to people when they get into it is um, one that it's as rich as it is, though a lot of people will kind of have the sense that it is very rich, but two that like, if you go down the rabbit hole of exploring how very rich it is, cool and weird things happen. Um, and that's a lot of what like things of meditation are for, um, but other types of introspection as well. I could talk about phenomenology all day. I've got, I got even more I could say in that, but that's the, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I won't tempt you. Um, but yeah, I think there's a, there's an untapped productivity in, in that because we tend to overthink. We tend to think of the mind as like blueprints and nothing mm. else as like this pure abstraction. Um, but in terms of my own uh, healing, the paying attention to inner inner sensations and emotions and things like that has been like a, a huge, almost cornerstone of, of of where the benefits come from. Not trying to over intellectualize. It's like it's how I've escaped uh, rumination mm. over over focusing on thoughts and abstractions. Mm. So I just I just kind of love that exploration, and it's hard to describe and. And uh, I encourage anyone to check out your YouTube videos because it's a it's a 25 minutes that's really well spent. Yeah, I think that might be my top viewed YouTube videos is uh, that what is phenomenology? I think it's called, um, which does sort of touch on the media topic, uh, which you know, I don't know what your, what your plan is, but it it uh, it does get. Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm endeavoring toward planlessness. Right. So if you feel if you feel an impulse, let's let's follow. Well, I feel like a good frame might be like, okay, so we're we're doing this podcast because like, there's you know you hit me up to do it, but I like I also feel like there's some kind of like contact point of like interests or like so I wonder like can what's the what's the crux like what is generative that like makes us think having a conversation would would be would be good. So we, we've chatted before about like some topics and like that could be like a, we could recap a little or I don't know. Yeah. So, okay. So here's, here's, here's a couple of initial thoughts on that. One is when I asked, or actually when you volunteered, like what you're doing, what your focus is, uh, you used a phrase that I love, which was spiritual infrastructure. And, um, one thing that I've been, you know, realizing is that infrastructure is kind of inextricably spiritual. Like the things that we rely on and the assumptions that we make and the structures that are built into the world that we expect to be there and bear loads of different kinds cannot help but have moral implications and goadings and uh, statements embedded in them. And uh, I, I feel like Rome is as you know, feel as has the same thing in their design philosophy. And if you personally have the same thing in your design philosophy, I think that's kind of a fruitful um, place to start because 
um, as we were talking about the world you see does not exist. And like, there's this, you know, futility in, in discovering, you know, root causes. But uh, I think infrastructure is so uh, unnoticed that it can impute messages without any kind of resistance. And it's a really high leverage thing to play with if you, if you want to bake a message into the world. Yes. Um, sweet. So I'll briefly recap. Not, not, not to spend this whole time shilling my videos, but I'm going to do a little bit of it. Uh, actually, the first video I put on YouTube um, in the current, yeah, maybe first period, um, was back during the, the pandemic, you know, lockdown, living in a parent's house. And uh, it's called What I Learned at the Mount of Olives. Uh, Mount of Olives being in Jerusalem that, you know, this like across the, across the way or whatever. Um, they've got all these churches and... I had a free day when I was there because um, I got kicked out of the place I was staying from the, the girl that I pissed off. And I was like, well, I'm going to visit some churches. And I um, was noticing that they they were all beautiful, but in different ways, right? They had different art, right? There's different vibe. There's the, you know, there's the like florid, like, um, you know, paintings on the ceiling, like all the different iconography and there's like the gold and stuff in like one. And then in another one, it's simpler and humbler and the walls are white and like the, the pews are wood and there's like a couple colors going on and it's like, you know, the light coming in. And it's like interesting, right? Because us, I mean, it's possible that there's like different subdenominations of like something going on, but it's also the case that, um, to a first pass, the religion is the same, but the vibe is different. What does that mean? And I noticed because I would sit in there and I would like meditate because this is just a, a thing I've been into for a long time. And I'd like feel the space and I'd be like, damn, these, they're different. They just like feel like different places. And so, yeah, uh, spaces are one example, right? Where like spaces are a thing that draw an experience out of you. They reflect something back to you. And I think we like sort of, not to sound too woo, but like get into like resonant states with spaces, um, right? And it's like we 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 mimic them, um, and also we shape them to like what we how we are, how we feel like we are, and um, the and this is so okay. So spaces are one example where it's like very visible because it's like you know you walk in and you're like this place looks different from that place, and but you can look at the whole world of physical space that way and like. You've got built, you know, um, I used to be a kind of hardcore libertarian and then I am no longer am, but I, uh, one thing that noticed that I noticed, um, was that in Seattle, they banned billboards and I noticed that I liked that. And I liked being in Seattle more because there's no fucking billboards. And there's just like a little bit of like, you know, stepping off the ultra hardcore and cap, like you know, reservation or whatever with like things like that. And it's like, you start to wonder like, what is the spiritual state of mankind? What is the, what is the state of the people in a city when there's billboards and when there's not? Um, we talk about beauty. Um, but a lot of times we talk about beauty, like a consumptive thing, like, Oh, I like beauty. I want it around me. Um, I don't like ugliness. I don't want that around me, but it's also like, what if it's more than just, um, pleasantness, right? What if it is highly, significant um for what we're like and so um 
that, that so anyway that when i talk about the spiritual infrastructure like that's one side of it it's like how do the things that we interact with of any type and you know and you mentioned rome it's like whether it's uh you know one one conversation connor and i had was about uh he told me about, about uh brett victor's what is it the humane representation of thought um and it's this uh really incredible talk it's on youtube and he's just talking about how thoughts require uh, a medium of expression but the medium may be more or less tuned to the thought and if it's not tuned to the thought you try to express the thought in the medium that is not suited it's like putting the thought in a cage and treating it inhumanely um however but if it is like the the, the medium that is suitable for the thought uh it like helps it to grow and like live right in the, this way that it should and so uh i i'm i mean i was super intrigued by that i did love that that video and i, I do think it's really worth checking out um uh that talk and so I, I which is just to say like like you said it's like i think people come at this from different angles and mine has been uh sort of like in spiritual aesthetic stuff is like what got me thinking about it um and so yeah I, i've got thoughts also on like you know atomization uh like modern era of atomization being a time when people are disoriented in part because they're disconnected and Spiritual infrastructure um, would be about um, setting up the, the, the reestablishing the possibility of orientation for people, for people to just feel like they know yeah. what the hell's going on, um, which is, I would describe myself as growing, you know, I don't think that I'm dumber than most people. I think I'm pretty smart or whatever, but also I feel extremely confused and I feel like I've always felt extremely confused like i don't know what the hell is going on and some of what helps me orient is uh th things that have been spiritual infrastructure for me right and so i think that's part of what i'm trying to yeah contribute to yeah yeah that makes perfect sense um the what what we're experiencing the breakdown of and i guess the 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 new birth of is is the spiritual infrastructure of the past in a lot of ways um, that like the concept of modernity, modernity and progress has reached such a pace that um, we're not experiencing the same level of solidity in any kind of institution or worldview as previous generations did just kind of out of necessity. And, um, that's it. That's interesting. Like, how do you how do you solve for that in a, in a spiritual way? Let alone the very you know the practical problems. Yeah. How do you you know give people a human human level of coherence? Yeah, I, I part of what's fascinating to me is like this actually connects back to what you were talking about at the beginning, sort of with like the the idea of the of post smart. It's like you know, be, you know, having good ideas is sort of like no longer the the whole game. Um, we want to interact with people that we enjoy interacting with. And it's sort of that there's like a shift in the ethos. Um, I'm reading this book right now called Virtue Politics by James Hankins, which is about the Italian Renaissance. And his um, part of his theory essentially is that there is his uh, description of like what went down is that basically a bunch of people got together and assembled under a new spiritual ethos right and saying that like um 
we, we want people to be virtuous and virtue means a certain thing and the virtuous people will be eloquent and the virtues will be these things that were studied by in the classical world. And they found a way to make it compatible with Christianity because previous Christians had been like, hate, you know, hating on the pagan stuff, understandably, because it was the previous, the thing previous to them. Um, I was I was reading a little bit of Augustine. He starts shitting on the classic authors, and I'm like, no, no, don't say, don't make me disagree with you. Like, um, and uh, but but yeah. So, but in the in the Renaissance era, it's sort of like people looking around post pandemic, um, or you know, sort of contemporaneous with with a with a major pandemic and all kinds of like death and mayhem, and they're saying there's corruption, there's confusion, um, like we you know, um, there's, there's war, there's, uh, there's cruelty. And how can we like assemble under a different spiritual direction? Right. And so connecting it to like Twitter, basically, you know, which I think is not actually a stretch. Like it may seem like too much, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm a hardliner on like, we live in history and like, now's the time. (laughs) Like, um, and, it's interesting with Twitter because um, I started out as like it's funny because I'm I tweet under my real name, um, but I want to say that I like I started out as a face poster, meaning my but th- that's more of a vibe than anything else. I did have my face as my picture. Now it's Keanu Reeves, which I guess does signal a change in direction. Um, I just yeah, yeah. The number of people who like <laughs> think that's me is actually high, which is so weird to me. Um, I think yeah. profile pic- pictures are like are like the they're like the what do you call it the, the heraldry of the, of the modern man. Yeah, right. Like these symbols. I I, I want to I do want to ask you about profile picture physiology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, break break down the the spectrum yeah. here. At, at some well, point. well, basically, really quick. Like I used to be like more rather than post smart more just like a smart poster (laughs) Um, and that's okay and there's a lot of i follow some smart posters but it started feeling over time more and more natural to like fuck around right but it also if i'm fucking around too much i don't like that either like if i'm just making jokes Unless they're, if they're really good jokes, I'm okay kind of just making jokes for a bit. But I also want to bring it back to like the spiritual stuff and the intellectual stuff and like let's change something. So like I'm trying desperately for some kind of synthesis between these things that like come out of me. But anyway, what, what I was trying to say is that the, this, this, uh, my thoughts are coming out a little jumbled today. It's like there's an ethos to the, to, to this part of Twitter, which is like, like, Uh, what am I trying to say? It sort of seems to disdain like the, the the old guard a little bit. It's like sometimes you see it in disdain of like blue checks, right? Um, but also it's often disdain of like something like being too earnest, which I don't wholly agree with, but I don't wholly disagree with either. It's just interesting to me. And so anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if movements is exactly the right term, but it's something like these like scenes and um, I think a weirdly almost seems autonomously though it does come about as the result of the deliberate effort of people seem to like assemble a new ethos when the old thing isn't working so this is how i was trying to kind of answer like what do you do when people are atomized and disoriented 
um, partially, I think like scenes and groups like come up with a new vibe and they're like, we're this now, and it creates some kind of context for them. Um, so, and Twitter has been cool because it's happening uh, remotely and that's fairly new world historically speaking. It makes sense that Twitter has this kind of primordial ooze kind of a feeling that groups and the memes that and vibes that tie them together can shift just at will. There's not like institutions that have to change their name and raise money for right. different people and stuff like that. It's very kind of free form. Um, yeah, that makes perfect sense that in the absence of, well, when you need to iterate your orientation quickly to use a medium that is kind of vibe based and kind of more liquid in that way, um, you know, what would allow for that. I, lo I love Twitter for that. Yeah. I think it's amazing. And I wonder if Twitter is vibe based or if it's that the people we interact with a lot on Twitter are vibe based. You know what I mean? Because like, I don't know, people use it really differently. And I'm often amazed. First of yeah. all, I'm often amazed that people will totally lurk and just use Twitter in consuming mode, which is I'm not saying that judgmentally, but it actually is like a little confusing to me. I used to do it a little bit back before I joined. Um, and I kind of more like followed like funny accounts and like news-ish stuff. Um, and I get, but but yeah, um, I don't know. I wonder how much it's medium-based or cultural, the sort of like vibing um, being the sort of driver. It could very well be cultural. I, I keep myself in a bubble by design, a you know, bubble of, of different, you know, weird groups and, you know, make no claim to understand you know, Twitter as a whole. Um, yeah, it's a million different things. It's, it's just crazy. How I love now and then peeking into some scene that's completely alien to me that I have nothing to do with and just being like, man, they have their drama and their memes and like their like people that everyone knows. <laughs> like, yeah. Totally. Um, to bring it back to spiritual infrastructure just yeah. a little bit. When you were when you were describing the uh, Mount of Olives and the way spaces shape yeah. things, I I was reminded of something that my dad and I have talked about. I come from a classical music family, and my dad has got a musicology degree and all that stuff. And something that has always bugged him is that when there's like a you know a rough neighborhood or something, and there's a bus station, so like people have to go there, but it's in a rough neighborhood. Like in order to keep the gangs away, they will play classical music mm. out like over the loudspeakers and just create this vibe that you know is you know peaceful and lovely, but the intention is actually a kind of violence mm -hmm. repellent. Like if you're trying to be cool and edgy and like have a mm -hmm. gun. You're not going to sit there listening to Beethoven for too long. It's just not going to feel right to you. Though, though the gangster who would love the banked Beethoven. Now that's a character. Now that I want to, you know, yeah, right? Something. Yeah. Absolutely. There's something there. That would be cool. That would be cool. Is he and saying like, the city does that in so somewhere? Yeah, I can. I can. I can actually. I mean, I don't know how widespread right. this is, but I can say for a fact that that's that's what the Santa Cruz bus station uh -huh. does. On, on the front street right. strip it's like one of the you know the big you know bus station downtown and um you know 
there's gangs, there's a little city, right. you know, and that's the, they have classical music playing 24 seven. Um, and so that's, you know, in the, in the sense of setting the vibe in a way that could be like positive, it's also kind of this, um, defensive or repulsive mm. or, or like go away kind of, kind of a thing, which is, which is, which is weird. It's kind of, it, I can't tell if it's an inversion of that or not. It's kind of related to Muzak. Mm. Like you walk in, you don't pay attention, but you get excited and buy things. A uh, ton of research mm-hmm. done on that. And then um, I'm reminded of a, a quote. I don't remember from whom, but it said, you can tell what a society worships by what it's, biggest buildings are about mm-hmm. like you go to a quaint european village and they've got a giant cathedral and they've got like you know only forty thousand people people living there or you go to los angeles and the tallest building in the dead center is the u.s bank right. you know and um just you know i'm kind of just listing examples of spiritual infrastructure right. that you know can be thrown into that category yeah i mean it's uh it relates in part to a totally different angle on it is, is psychic warfare. Um, yeah. Bring it like on. you're saying with the, with the classical music example, it's like, you know, it's like a, a beautiful thing used in a, at least a strange purpose, at least a non-standard purpose. Um, you know, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, interesting to think about what ideas have cultural supremacy and um, how how that expresses itself. And so I think when you're talking about culture and spirit, um, you have to try to be attentive to intangible things, but it's hard also because intangible things being less obvious, n- not only harder to see, but like it's harder to confuse, your, it's easier to confuse yourself. And so noting that it's a confusing area full stop you can still try to look at things like what you're saying right it's like what's the biggest building building and it's like the building is extremely visible um it's huge but that that is a cultural expression of the society is an indirect thing that's an interpretation that's like a lens right and i think it's i think it's a good one right and and so um yeah, the cultural question is like, what do we believe? What do we, who are we? Um, and, you know, do we make beautiful things? Do we make ugly things? Should we make beautiful or ugly things? Um, I, uh, uh, my sister told me a, a quote, and I don't remember who it's by, but the, the quote is to the tune of, uh, the purpose of art is to disturb, no, to comfort, no, sorry, the, the purpose of art is to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed. That's the line, which is kind of awesome. It is kind of awesome, right? And, you know, disturb the comfortable and comfort yeah. the disturbed. And that's interesting. And, you know, disturb the comfortable. It's like, yeah, you see some real shit in art and you're like, uh, you know, that hit me and I didn't expect it to. Um, I, I was a kid, I saw a version of Medea and I like lost it. It was like terrifying, you know, this woman was on stage screaming and her hands are covered in blood and the stage lights were red. <laughs> it's just like, holy fuck. Like, you know, this is Medea. I mean, that's a great, it's a great way to do that story. And, you know, that disturbed me. Right. 
uh, I think to my benefit. Also, you know, to comfort the the disturbed, you know, right? Like few uh, few of us feel truly understood by everyone in our lives, or by you know, and some of us are lucky enough to have, like people we're close to, where we feel like somewhat understood, etc. But also, there's a lot of isolation. It's like hard to convey stuff. Now and then, you'll see some art, and it reflects something back, and you're like, yeah, like that actually resonates with me more than anything else I've seen or any person has been able to. And I think those are purposes of art, but I'm like, are those the only purposes of art? There's sort of something about that where it's very focused on like this disturbedness, right? It's like the, the comfort of the unwell and the sort of like shaking up of the, the too comfortable. Um, I don't know, but to me, it, it can get a little bit political. I think in, you know, in our current world, a lot of times we tend to think of art if it's not commercial as being um, revolutionary and it kind of has like a sort of leftist vibe to it. Um, like we're, you know, like the, the sort of caricature of it would be like a little bit like Banksy or something like that, but also like there's a, you know, a lot of lenses and like many are valid and interesting, but it's like a, like feminist art or like queer art or like Marxist, et cetera. And there's like different like lenses on, on art and it, you often get a sense that this is like what it's all about. I try to remember that like, you know, for the complete opposite side of the spectrum that like Virgil made the Aeneid because he was hanging out in Emperor Augustus's social circle and he kind of puts Augustus in the story. And it's like, that is not react. That is not a revolutionary in that sense. That is not counter power. That is a celebration of Rome um, for Rome's top dude you know, the goat himself, <laughs> like, you know, for Augustus. So it's like, um, anyway, uh, where was I? Where, what was this? We're talking about that quote for art. We're talking about the purpose of art. Um, yeah, comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable and how that, you know, it seems like there's, that's not the be all and end all. Like, what about just pretty? And what yeah. about... Yeah. So yes, yeah, so uh, there's the yeah. 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 I think the reason that, that I brought that up was because I was saying like, do we make things that are beautiful or not? It's easy to say that in many ways we don't. Also, in many ways we do. But there's still this question of should we? Like maybe making ugly things can be good, and I think it can be good, right? I don't. I don't want to have like a closed off attitude to any of this. Like, um, you know, uh, but what type of ugliness? Um, you know, I, I. Uh, like, I remember explaining to somebody a while ago that there's good, there's like cool problems to have and there's like uncool problems to have. And it's like, you know, the, the it's like cool problems to have. It's like, you know, like he's so different and alone, but in a cool way, you know, like, right? Like uncool problems to have. It's like he has dandruff and like, you know, like, or like he doesn't know, how, he always like makes people hate him or something just because he says the wrong things or something like, and like, they're like less cool. And so I'm, I think there's sort of like cool, cool ugliness and uncool ugliness and like cool ugliness is like, I think of uh, Rodin is like maybe my favorite sculptor and he's got this amazing, um, the, uh, what is it? The three, the three fates, I think is what it's called. And it's these three figures standing with their necks all stretched and like kind of horrible above the gates of hell. Um, I'm going to Google that, right? Now. Make sure, I think it's the fates. Okay. Three shades. Three shades. Probably. Is it three dudes? 
Uh, yeah, and their heads are they're kind of yeah, yeah the three head pointing yes. to the center. So yeah, that was actually made for one of the coolest works of all time. That was not finished by the sculptor. Um, I think was and ended up being cast by like his son or something like that, which was going to be like a fucking like twenty foot tall the gates of hell. Um, and it's like very Miltonian. It's very like angels and demons and like these epic, you like imagine the gates of hell, right? And it's got that, you know, um, in Latin, you know, uh, what is it? Abandon all hope, hope you and, that here. and yeah. above that sign are the shades all shade, like kind of pointing down at it. Anyway, that's my image of like cool ugliness, right? It's like, it's like sick, but there's also uncool ugliness and it's like some really, um, I don't know what the, what the term is for sort of like this kind of art is like, um, anyway, you'll see that too. And it's like, I don't know, what should we be making? I don't have the answer. I want to have more answers about what should, like, yeah. what should we make? Yeah. Cause I don't think it's just that we should express. Our, well, that's a whole thing. I don't think it's just that we should express ourselves. Actually. That's not my opinion. Yeah. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Like if, um, well, I, <laughs> I can't help but you know look for a, a kind of a, a teleology like what what's what's the goal if we're trying to accomplish something by talking about stuff we're trying to accomplish something by doing stuff we're trying to accomplish something by meditating we're trying to accomplish something by making art um you know our effectiveness depends on 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 what what the goal is that art is just another kind of speech another kind of work another kind of meditation kind of all wrapped into one yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, I, I definitely have a bit of criticism. It's like, I believe that art that I make will have the flaws that I have. That's my view. And I think I have many flaws sure. and, um, I'm, I'm leery of any, any view on artists that would say that would not pay attention to the fact that artists are flawed people. Right. And just cause artists are people. And that's how that's how it is. <laughs> and um, I there's a, often I think a lot. I don't I don't I can't know this for sure because it's like I didn't go to art school and like I don't know about these scenes and circles. It's like I'm not like participating in that really. But it's like the vibe you get a lot of times is that there's this focus on craft, which I think can be good. But also sometimes there isn't even a focus on craft. It's like you don't even have to learn how to paint. You just like make something. And then there's a maybe a focus on honesty. And I think that a focus on honesty is required for someone who wants to get something good out of themselves. But also I think you'll, I find that when I express something honestly, that I want to change, I often want to change. Um, and it's like, I get it out and it's like good. And like something happens just by the fact of me getting something out of myself. And also I'm on a quest and I see the flaws in everything I did and I see my flaws and I like, I want to be, I want to be fucking glorious and um, and I want my art to be too. You know, I want anything I make to be right. Like whatever, like whatever, whatever the form is. Um, so yeah, it's like artists, so good art maybe is not just self-expression. I think it's like the, the expression, the honest expression of like good people. I don't know. Um, that sounds kind of weird and is misinterpretable, but that might kind of be my opinion. Yeah, no, I got you. That's, um, 
I want to ask about your creative process and what kind of lessons you've been learning lately, because right. I've been going through some too. Yeah. What are you, what are you going through with? Let me ask. Uh, guitar. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going through with music. Like, um, I felt kind of alienated from my musical life for a long yeah. time and just recently have been getting it back and it's been awesome. And I'm going from this transition right now where I realized a lot of the guitar playing I was doing was just to convince myself that I'm good mm. and give myself like, Oh, look how good you are. Look how cool you are. It was like very narcissistic. And I didn't really have anything particular to say that was like unique or something like that. It was just how well can I imitate my heroes mm. to myself as the audience, you know? And uh, I've been letting go of that and just trying to follow the crazy and see what's in there and wants to come out. And, uh, you know, I've been practicing buying some crazy clothes. I'm wearing a Looney Tunes Paisley Beautiful. vest yeah. from Bangladesh. Yeah. And like, this is the, and the hand-me-down designer jacket that I bought in Pasadena. Like I'm trying, trying to mix it up a little bit. And it's, um, it's been, you know, you know, I'm just just starting to learn all the things that um, that art requires, that honest expression requires, mm -hmm. and I'm just interested in in uh, what your journey's been like recently. Yeah, I kind of envy you that because I I think I've done a lot of music in my life, but I think I've never been good enough to get to a point where it's like felt like a really natural expression of me, I guess. Um, it's like, I think I got good enough to now and then be able to play something that sounded good and then also be in the vibe of that in like a way that was good. But um, yeah, no, I'm just, just noting that it's it's good. I, I think I do want to attain that with music at some point. Um, my process. Um, my process is to try to make cooler and cooler stuff. Period. <laughs> I try to make stuff that's cooler than what I made before is one part what's what's cool what how does cool work um you know when you see it uh what's cool um i'm, I'm asking yeah, yeah 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 who's trying to reform gratefully recovering nerd. part of it is i have learned to open myself up to getting hyped about stuff in order to detect what's cool like you got to be willing to to be like fuck that is sick <laughs> at something in order to it's useful because then you can notice yourself reacting and you're like yeah like um you you may know that I'm obsessed with Kanye West um and I've watched videos of him mixing music and he's like got his headphones on and he's like rocking in his chair right and he's like making music and you're like all right whatever it's like rappers like rocking out to his music okay that's a that's an understandable thing but i was like why am i not doing that like why am i not like rocking out when i make my stuff and i kind of like tried it it's like i kind of just like i was like listening to music like while i'm like editing and it really fucking helps it's like uh so yeah the, the one i just released called habits like has a lot of like cuts right and it's like when i rewatch it i'm like oh i could have done this like one frame differently like there's like a couple things because nailing like nailing the rhythm like having that just fucking like dance i think 
is it that's sort of my like fireworks you know when i make stuff it's like okay there's a complex spiritual message but like also for some fucking reason the human body loves to witness good cuts with music and that's just a fact and it's sort of like that's the that's like the gravy that's the like you know what i mean and so um it's just sort of like what's cool if I start getting hyped, I just, I start, that's, that's like the whole signal for me. So with, with habits, again, for example, um, I don't think it's like the greatest thing ever made. It might be the best thing I've made. There's like maybe a, two other things that are in contention, but nevertheless, for weeks, I've just been thinking I need a way to film in the car. And I didn't know why I was thinking that. It just was, I was just kept thinking about it would be cool if I could film my car and I'd be driving and I was thinking about stuff and I was like, I wish I had a camera. Like, and it's like, that just kept coming up. And it's, that's the, um, that's the signal. I, I think a lot of it is like, it's sort of like your spirit knows, um, you gotta, and you gotta like, let it talk. You know what I mean? Um, and so, so habits started out as basically like a video demo. Like I just, finally got the setup to put the camera in the car and I started filming myself in the car and I thought, Oh, I could just do all this funny shit in the car. Like, okay. And then I got all that footage and I didn't really know what arc to give it at that point. Right. But that was like enough to like, then it was a few days basically from, from done at that point. Like once I actually was filming it. So I probably could have saved several weeks if I had figured out the car filming earlier. But at the time I was like, Oh, well, this might just be a nice to have, not a need to have. I don't know. I like a lot of things. So maybe this isn't it. Um, that's kind of how I try to figure out what's cool. All right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I love that. Um, you know, why, why aren't I jamming my own stuff? Why aren't I like getting hyped over my own stuff? I think that's awesome. Um, it reminds me of something that I think, I don't know if it was Steven Tyler or, you know, someone, someone said that, you know, you are your first audience. Yeah. So if you like something that you're doing, there's going to be people out there who are like you and also like what you're doing. Yeah, I think you ha you have to be the the you are it's your taste, right? You're making something according to your taste. You are you're assessing what you're making, and you're making adjustments based on like your sense of of what's good. And this is part of how how I see it as a spiritual practice. It's like you you are to be a detector of the good, and you're going to craft some physical reality, whether it's a song or a video or, or a play or like whatever else it is, um, you're going to shape it to, to itself, you know, have the good that you see. It's like, you see it mentally, you got to put it in this thing so that it can reflect it mentally. And that, then I, I think that's beautiful. When that works, it's like the most beautiful thing. Um, and this is sort of why I, why I get so hyped about like the Renaissance. It's like, maybe far enough back in history that you can idealize it. And then you're just like, but also the stuff is great. It's like Sistine Chapel. It's just like, God, <laughs> like, you know, like that's just like screams God, or if it doesn't scream it, it like, you know, plays a symphony or whatever. And it's just awesome. And um, that, that I think is what's, is what's like beautiful. It's sort of like imbuing things with spirit. Um, it's kind of, sh kind of shamanic, something like that. Um, or I don't know if you're putting the spirit into it or letting the spirit out of it or, or what it is, you know, that's, that, that, that Michelangelo line, well, you know, uh, the man in the marble, like I had to find the man in the marble. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But like whether, 
whether the spirit is is being put in or or let out or something like that there's definitely like a resonance there's a resonance that that's created either way so if we go about you know building infrastructure that doesn't without like the intentionality about what it evokes and resonates with um then that's open to being hijacked by you know sinister forces that do think about that or it'll just be a graveyard and it'll have no like soul in it and no um you know no you know life affirming qualities of some kind um i i'm trying i don't i don't want to give away spoilers of, of habits because it's so short that people can just like crank through it. I might even like attach it to the end of this podcast so that if people are watching on YouTube, they can just like really keep it going. Um, are you, are you open to sharing some of the, the spiritual messaging that you intended to Im- embed in there for nerds who can't read between the lines? Right. Well, in part of someone can't read between the lines, it's my fault. Um, like, well, okay. Maybe let me tweak that. I guess there are people who really can't read, can't get a sense of anything, but also it is on on me. I definitely over I, I, I overring everything. I go, oh, that last scene is that, mm, is that, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Is that right? You know, finally reaching. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if anyone is curious, I do recommend you watch it. So you know, if you want to watch it with fresh eyes, I don't know, pause the video and do that now. Um, yeah. But. Uh, it's a it's 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 Michael's pin tweet by the yeah. way. So just go to twitter.com slash Michael yeah. Kersey and then it'll yeah, be a yeah. pin tweet. All right. Um but if you're if you're listening to this, you know, a hundred years or more in, into the future. In Three thousand it, it may not still be my pin tweet, um, but I hope you can find it somewhere. I will have made efforts to put my content somewhere um that is readable with future technology. Um that is true. I'm going to do that. Yes. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. So, what's the message? I mean, uh, it's so there was a different version of habits that I didn't make, and I actually part of my pro. I'm trying to learn what my process is or should be, and I'm improving it as I go. You know what I mean for like making this stuff. And part of it is I show people drafts and I get their opinions and right. So a lot of and most by default I don't agree with a lot of things people say, but like. Um, uh, the first version was kind of like it. So basically the way it came to being is I got all this footage of me in a car and I kind of like edited that together. And then I randomly woke up at like four 30 in the morning and I just started like filming some stuff of like me making tea and like scrolling Twitter. And I like slapped that on the beginning. So, right. So there's this sort of like intro where I'm like kind of getting up and like whatever. And then I had this thing where it was sort of, there's this, and I put in the music, I found the music I wanted to use, and sort of like there's this ramp up, and now we're in the car, and then I showed this to uh, my cellular mage who's, who's living here. And he said, he basically was like, it needs it needs something. It needs some kind of arc, because it kind of like, it's moving, it's going somewhere, and then you're just in this car, and then what, right? And I, like, he was definitely right i didn't think it was done but i didn't know where i was going and so like that feedback was kind of helpful and so i ended up putting an ending on which was basically um a, the mega car like a flipping crazy car 
car crash thing, right? And there's sort of like, you could have a different version of habits, which is a little bit, uh, rather than not, not necessarily nihilistic, but kind of uh, like edgy or um, or like the dark ending or something like that, is the person who doesn't exit the loop, right? So I think par part of basically how I would say that it's about, it's like the the truth, which is that I struggle with, with my habits, right? And it's like, I may not literally be stuffing my face with cake while drinking monster and smoking a cigarette, but like I've done things that are worse than that. Like that's, that's what it's about. Right. And I think the car thing, like, you know, started as just like, this would be cool, but it's also like the, you know, our, our, our habits are consequential. Um, what we do fucking matters. Like your life is on the line. Like that is your everyday, what you do, that is your life. Right. And it's like, you spend it a second at a time, a minute at a time, an hour at a time, a day at a time. And like the, these habits can, can suck you into the mud or they, or they can support your life. Right. And so basically, um, I then, I then, yeah, from, you know, for my sister got some good feedback on, on it. It was like that the ending sort of like could be different or like, you know, what do we need? And so that, that's how I ended up with this kind of like slower, like pause, turn down the music, change the vibe, like, how else could this be finally get out of the car, you know? Um, and cause, um, uh, what's this line from Emerson where he says, uh, like to the critic, we surrender the past and we hope anyway. And he's talking about how, you know, the, the critic is saying like, you, you have failed so many times. You've never, your whole life has been uh, mundane and confused and, Emerson says to the critic, we surrender the past and hope anyway. And this is how I feel about the habits. It's like, you can, I'm proud of some of my habits and I've done some cool things and I've like, whatever, but I've also backslid and all this stuff. And so I look at the past and whatever things I'm proud of, there's lots I don't want to continue. And so to the critic, whoever that may be, I surrender the past and hope anyway. And I think that's kind of like what we're, what we're trying to do, you know, when we're, when we try to improve how we live. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. And I think you could also make the case that habits are a kind of spiritual infrastructure um, for like personal. Yeah. Flourishing. Yeah. I had a, I had a thread um, where I was talking about like, if I made my life philosophy into an art, like a, some kind of game, what would the game be? And uh, they, the, the quick version is basically you win if you take normal good ass actions, normal good actions. A normal action is like, you don't have a job, you look for a job. You submit your resume, you call people, you, you know, wanna express yourself, you experiment with that. You wanna date somebody, ask people out. Those are normal good actions, right? You're confused about an important problem, you think it through, you break it down into steps, you ask for advice, these are just normal good things, okay? You win and your victory is guaranteed if you take normal actions. However, you have despair, right? So I imagine there being like a, a meter or like a, a, it's like a character trait. It's like your despair level, right? Despair causes you to be less able to take good actions, basically. And so you've got your day and your perfect day. You'd like crank, you'd wake up and you'd crank out your 14 hours of good actions. Um, but despair gets you. More or less, you could have a great day of like kicking ass and just taking deliberate steps to improve your life. But instead, you like get taken out for three hours and you're just like confused for half of the time or you don't know what you're doing or you uh, start feeling bad or you like start just eating food or some shit and nothing like, good food fucks with you. Okay. 
this then that means that the game is you want to reduce your your total despair level, right? And the way you do it is by improving your habits in this game. And so the idea is um, that bad habits and bad life events can increase your despair, but the lower your total despair, the better you react to bad life events, the more likely you are to have like, I think they call it traumatic growth. Um, something bad happens and it makes you stronger rather than making you weaker, but, it, but these things can make you weaker, right? And so there's a, a bit of a, was it the Matthew principle? Um, it's Matthew. I don't remember if it's Matthew. To he who has, I don't know the. To he who yeah, has more shall be given. To he who has not, but literally has shall be taken away. And so, it's sort of about um, it, kind of like a tower defense game. It's like you, you need to beat the waves, and you need to be like strong enough to survive the tide, so that you spot, get the upward spiral rather than the negative one. And uh, anyway, but habits are the basis of it. It's like basically, if you add permanent habits, then they start to detract from your total despair level because they improve you. Like you lift, you're physiologically doing better. You get sun. It's like your hormones are working better. Like you go for a walk and like you feel good. That all makes your body work differently. And like, you're just less likely to succumb to bad stuff. That's kind of how I see it. Um, anyway, that's, that, that's my, that's my life philosophy. That's game. cool. <laughs> No, I like it. I, I, I kind of, I'm imagining it sort of like snakes and ladders. I think the, the traumatic, I mean, I also, I feel like my life is kind of like snakes and ladders too. So I'm kind of projecting mm. that, but like if it's almost like you, you have a traumatic experience and if your despair is low enough, it's a ladder. And if it's too high, then it's a, it's a, it's a shoot, a shoot, right, shoots right. and ladders, not snakes and ladders, snakes and ladders, shoots right, and ladders right. where either you like slide down to an earlier point or you ascend to a higher point. Um, that's cool. That's cool. And it's actually, it sounds quite related to the question that I asked you in, in Utah, which is if you had to design like a course or a boot camp to turn people into mm. you or to like impute people with your unique perspective, you know, what would the curriculum be or what would the, the boot camp look like? And I think if you put it in a game and just like make people get good at it, I think that, that's a pretty good answer. Yeah. And I, I wonder what has been the, what is the track record of things like video games for improving people? Um, like where, where it's been attempted, you know, in some places it hasn't been attempted. They're just like, we're going to make a fun game and make money. I want to know, like, has, how many times has it been deliberately attempted to like, we're, we're going to just like make people help people be better people by, making a game yeah. that does, that like transmits concepts, you know? Well, there, yeah. I mean, if there are, there are two kinds of games that come to mind for me and I'm not a video game expert at all, except for the kind of expert you become <laughs> when you're 11. And what, what comes to mind are there are games that are specifically designed around logic for children, like the Zumbinis. Do you know the Zumbinis? Do I? Do like kind of guy. We Do talked I? about this, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, so like, yeah, love that yeah. as a kid. Um, I keep a meme of Arno, the pizza troll on my phone, just in case I need to send mm -hmm. it to anybody. <laughs> um, and the other kind of game is like roller coaster tycoon or Kerbal space program where you're like building, there's like a lot of creativity and yeah, a lot building of systems. Like stuff going on. Yes. Building systems. Yeah. Exactly. And they're like, there can be something really satisfying. Yeah. There's that. also, I think people have made games that teach you how to code. And I think, Maybe some of those, I haven't done them, but like maybe some of those are good. Um, something that gives you a yeah. real skill. I mean, that's that's great. You know, it's good. It's wholesome. Um, 
but are you talking more about like a character thing like courage or something you know something hard like that soft, soft I mean, hard i there's yeah i mean and i guess anything yeah like Yeah, I mean, like, what's a game that's like really fundamentally wholesome? I, I might, I might ask Twitter that question just to see, like, maybe you know. chess. You, you said chess. Chess, maybe chess. Well, it, I mean, it's it's based on war, so it's not that wholesome in that respect. But well, like, the strategy, yeah, no, strategy stuff is cool. It's an intellectual yeah. thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Interesting question. I mean, what would I do to turn somebody into me? Um, that, I think it would be in some ways an unpleasant experience, um, but you know, <laughs> boot camp often is an unpleasant experience. Yeah. It is not known for its yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking about this the other day because, like, my I, I started off as I was a really kind of weirdly hardcore adolescent, and I think a lot of guy, guys will relate to this. And um, I don't actually know what women will think, or I don't, I don't have any comment on that, but. Um, but no, whatever. All kinds of people could, might relate to it. Uh, but for me, it took on this really like physical form. It's just like doing karate all the time and like working out all the time and like just doing like before I had any notion of like you could hurt yourself working out. I would just like do stupid, crazy stuff. I was reading the samurai philosophy stuff all the time. And it's like, you know, um, to die without achieving your aim is a dog's death. But there's no dishonor in that, you know, and that like fanaticism is a good thing. And, like, you know, the way the samurai is found in yeah. death, and it's like all these stories about like, you know, Yagyu Munenori, there's what is Muniyoshi or Munenori taught his son the other one uh, to sword fight by making him trudge in the snow for six hours a day until he couldn't walk, and it's like insane shit that doesn't make any sense. Like, like what is trudging in the snow going to do? But just kind of build character. So I kind of put myself through a like, you know. Like, so, like, like a my own kind of like Sith Lord, like kind of like, kind of vibe, like just trying to like become hardcore. Because like I just really believed that like being hardcore was important, and I didn't like being afraid. And um, I just believed that some kind of intensity would would help me not be afraid. Basically, it's like when I'm twelve to fourteen or something, then through sixteen or whatever. So that's kind of like how the kind of spirituality spirituality helped me out you know like as a kid because it's like i found this these samurai books yeah. and they just like helped me deal with shit and i dealt with shit in the weirdest way and i don't want to do that stuff again it's like i work out now but it's like i don't want to fucking like die like you know um but i don't know part of me is like i should just go back to it i should go to like figure do the navy seal mode of like at least the version that i would actually do you know or something like that um because there's something i was getting out of it so that, that would be part of how I'd make a clone of me. But I don't know how people respond to that either. But it, it is, like, important to me, you know? Yeah. I had no idea. And, man, on the list of, like, influences and hobbies a 12 to 16-year-old can have, I think, you know, that's relatively constructive. Relatively. relatively. I, I think it made me a little yeah. crazy, too. But I, but I think, yeah, I'm not, I don't yeah. regret it. I don't regret it. Yeah. Um, I'm a little curious. Are you familiar with the Enneagram, like personality typing? Not, not stuff super at all? familiar, but, but vaguely familiar. Uh, okay. Uh, my wife and I have been getting into it a lot lately, so I'm wondering if you know your type. I've been thinking you were a four because, 
know, reasons, but maybe you're a three because I think I've gotten eight before, uh, but I, is that the, is that the, um, Connor's? Yeah. Eight. Yeah. 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 I've, I think I've gotten that before. What are four and three? I don't, I don't know what those are. Okay. So four, four is the individualist artist who's like, um, very introspective and fundamentally feels like unique and special, but also kind of mysteriously mm. flawed. And like to like the, the biggest fear is being seen as a normie and like overlooked. And so you, you dress like this and try to stand right. out and like do crazy things right. and, you know, defy, defy typicalness. And I'm solidly a four, no question. A three is uh, defined by ambition and achievement and kind of feels like their worth depends on how much they accomplish and how much like status mm -hmm. and, and like topness they rack mm -hmm. up. And um, so I think like in terms of self-diagnosis, a lot of it comes down to not how you necessarily manifest in actions, but what the motivations are and what the mm -hmm. wounds are. Um, mm -hmm. Like, what are you trying to compensate for and how are you trying to do it versus, you know, what does it look like? Right, right. Um, yeah. And the, is the eight driven by like a safety thing? The eight is driven by a sense of, well, I, I don't want to say driven by, but an eight's biggest concern or biggest thing that they want to prevent is being betrayed. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. they want like, they want to be in control of situations. Right. They want to take control of groups and like, they're kind of like snow plows. They have tons of energy that they can just like bust right, through right, right. stuff. But if they're, if they're, if they're in a bad place, all that power will be misused and hurt people. So if they're in a good place, they'll be using all that power to um, protect people and correct injustice right, right, right. and, um, you know, be of service in that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I, I relate to those. Yeah. What's the, oh, let me, let me, let me self-diagnose real quick. Um, sure. I can see it in different ways. I, 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 um, I, there's, there's part of me that definitely relates to what you said about the three about achievement and like, but it comes across in a weird way. And I don't know if this is cope or or if this is actually extreme arrogance, but I want to be, I want to achieve according to the standard of the greats of history, and the, <laughs> like. No, I, I'm nodding because I love this to death. This is this uh, my favorite yeah. thing ever, and I keep meeting people who are saying things like this. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. hyped about it. I mean, that, that I was reading recently um, a selection from the records of the grand historian uh by sima chen is a chinese historian like 300 bc or maybe it was 100 something bc but around that time kind of roman republic sort of era but in china and he's just talking about these sages and these sage and like sort of comparing their virtues and like describing what they did and this one had this quality and that one had that quality and like you'll get these sages who would like um you know, they would correct the the behavior of the emperor and like risk harm to themselves by doing so. But then, 
because they conveyed it in like the upstanding and virtuous way, the emperor saw that it was actually beneficial and rewarded them with lands and gold or whatever. It's like a lot of stories like that. And, um, but yeah, and one of them, it's like this guy, it's like, this is like both, it's both the cope and the arrogance. It's like this guy is just talking about how he's just mega underrated and he's just like walking. And it's like, I think he just was like kicked out of power because like he was slandered in front of the like powerful dude. And he's just like talking about how underrated he is. And then he jumps in a river and dies. And then like Sima Chan reflects that like, he was extremely honorable and that like he would die for this purpose, like shows some dedication to blah, blah, blah. And it's like both, both arrogant and it's like butthurt. It's like, I do kind of relate to that. And yes, but also yeah. I am consoled by, by um, sort of Chinese philosophy and history in particular, um, because there's all this, uh, you know, in times when the kingdom is righteous, it is good to be honored. But in times when the kingdom is unrighteous, it is actually bad to be honored. And there's part of me that sees myself in that scale. I'm just like, I'm like, I will get what's coming to me. And it may be 300 years from now. That's, that's my, that's my yeah. view. No, I dig this. I dig this super hard. Um, yeah. By the way, killing yourself because you feel you're underrated is major. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Why is he getting all the credit? I deserve right. it. I'm going to kill myself <laughs> in a tantrum of, you know, virtue. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, rage quit. <laughs> that's very like, yes, exactly. It's like a very whiny artist kind of yeah. thing to do. Um, and, uh, what was the other thing? Right. Okay. So when, when the times are, are righteous, it's good to be, it's good to be honored. And when the times are unrighteous, it's, it's bad to be honored. Um, I think that's awesome. And it kind of drives with this concept I've been toying with lately about, uh, going down to greatness. Like that was, I was, it was a Christian book. I read this in, it was saying that Jesus Christ went down to mm. greatness. He was God and he became man, which like to imagine is kind of like us becoming a goldfish right, 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 right. to like teach the other goldfish what virtuous right. living is. It's just like such a demotion as to be incomprehensible. Right. And, and then even among humans, he would, you know, uh, befriend the poor and uh, the sinners and the prostitutes mm -hmm. and die a thief's death you know like that um the endeavor to go down and he who humbles himself will be exhausted uh, exhausted <laughs> exhausted true. but then later exalted later exalted he who humbles himself will be exalted and um when i mean i've i i i have to confess to having spent my whole life like trying to become cool because i see all these cool people that i feel like i'm better than <laughs> And it's just like, how dare you, you know, like, where's my credit? And at the same time, um, there's this kind of wide open playing field in the downward direction. Like you can kind of potentially mm -hmm. like lame max or uncool max in order to stake a claim on this territory that everyone maybe kind of secretly wants to go to, but they're afraid because it's not cool. And uh, there's, I, I suspect that there's just kind of like a gold mine of 
of something there. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is that the um, one thing I've had to internalize and I'm still internalizing is that you get nowhere by trying to be something that you're not. Um, but that, but there's a, there's like a hair's breadth of like subtlety that's important there where it's like striving to change is a different thing than trying to be something that you're not. And they sound like this, yeah. they sound like the same, but they're different. And part of how I try yeah. to thread it is that, um, you want to, uh, you think you have many choices. You don't. There's one thing that you can be and that is yourself and it is the best version of you. And part of it is like with this art stuff, there's a way I've definitely had these thoughts and like, you know, these conversations with God, it's like, I didn't want to be an artist. <laughs> I might not even be one. Like I may be someone who, I mean, I, I'm maybe I am making stuff and like, it's a video and like, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm doing this because this is what I have to do. It's just, there is no other path. And that's the thing that already artists are just kind of person says, I guess also. So there's that, but it's like, I just feel like I am trying to turn it. I'm trying to get spiritual, put spirit into matter. And uh, for now I, I'm doing it with video. Right. And it's like, but you know, I could have been, I, I would have been a fucking, um, I don't know, like, be a military guy. That sounds fucking cool. Or like, you know, I would have been like fucking like Jeff Bezos, like with like building like the mega infrastructure thing. Like that sounds fucking awesome. Those guys get seem to get richer, like, you know, like blah, blah, blah. But it's just, you try to be, you try to spawn as a different type and it's like too late for that. It's like, it's not to say you don't have any, I don't know. I sort of think people don't really have choice. Like that, that there's an illusion of choice. You have choice about things like career. You have choice about like how you pursue it. But it's if you're trying to become the greatest version, um, of you, it's like you need to obey the signs you're getting, uh, is how I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's paradoxically very liberating. And like, I don't want people to listen, listening to this, think like, oh, that means you're doomed or whatever. But like, the way in which you can have everything you want is kind of only one particular way and all you can do is get closer to that one thing but it's it's not to say that anything is necessarily off limits but that the form that the satisfaction of it takes is kind of maybe pre predetermined right it's like because there's a difference yeah so, yeah sorry I, I i was just gonna say that it can feel can if it feels yeah. confining um somehow that's where freedom comes from somehow freedom comes out of it right yes yeah and Honestly, I, I love this and I'm going to be like reflecting on this for a little while because I've, I have often felt paralyzed by mm. choice, by, by the appearance of just millions of decisions. And, you know, it's, it's one of the, one of the reasons I ended up building idea market was I've kind of unconsciously been thinking about choice in terms of mm. ROI what's really worth doing, what's really worth thinking about, what's really worth X, Y, Z, because I've had a hard time coming up with any answer that's more, more worthy than that question, because I keep just discovering deeper, deeper layers and going, ah, there's literally nothing worth doing more than sitting on this couch asking what's worth doing. 
And at the same time, you have to do something. Um, but I'm getting a little off track here. The the notion of like having having a soul, like you you're you're here for to to be to be the unique thing that you are. And of all the advice flying around in the world and all the role models flying around in the world, not all of it is going to be a fit. Like you have to find the things that fit well for you. Yeah. Like you inevitably have a style. You inevitably have an architecture. And um, yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I have a, um, yeah, I think like archetypes can be valuable. Um, like one thought I have that is like part of what has alleviated some of the pressure for me is that I've been very focused on like how do I achieve success, but I'm starting to think that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you do it extremely well. <laughs> and um, it's sort of people will be like, oh, well, I'm like, you know, you need to make sure that you're doing the thing that you're truly best at, though. And that's part of it. And it's like people are like, like oh, I'm only good at like, you know, playing video games or I'm only like traveling or like I only like traveling. You can't like make money on that. But like, first of all, there are people who have become like mega Twitch streamers on videos and, and there are fucking travel bloggers who are like bringing some insight or blah, blah. People are usually saying that because they haven't really found the hint of like what it would be really drawing them forward. But like those specific things, just if you did them extremely well, like there is a way, like there is something there. Um, the other concept I've been throwing around like for myself is of, uh, uh, and here I will art articulate it publicly for the first time, of significance density. Um, and so think about like you have a crush on somebody, right? And the littlest thing they do means so much to you, right? They, a little look, uh, did they did they leave the door open? Like did, what? when did they text you? Like, but objectively, this isn't sort of, if you take some kind of stripped of all meaning objective thing, it's just like a mode of dust and time or whatever. Like everything is like, it doesn't matter. But what I noticed like when I made habits is like, again, like zooming out, I'm like, better things have been made. I've seen better movies. Like I've like listened to better music, like it, whatever. But nevertheless, it feel, felt so important to me to make that thing. Um, and that's the sign that that's what I should be doing. It's just that it was, it had the significance destiny is like, you know, the topography is just like whoop. And it's like, I just need to keep hammering the things that have that character. Cause it, in a way it doesn't fucking matter how anybody responds. It's just like, that's where it feels right. You know? So that's part one of the signs I think, I love of, the, it. of the, of the archetype of the direction. So I think about it. I love it. I love it. Significance density. How, what kind of observations did you make? How did you notice this topography in your own, uh, you know, work? Um, well, because it's like, I spend a lot of time being anxious about doing something that's important or matters. But then when I do something that actually seems to move me forward, it doesn't come from the, in a way it comes from the obsession about doing what's important, but it's not like it's taking my perspective rather than the world's perspective or some ideal perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Do you feel at all like the thing that feels most significant to you a little bit defies logic or common sense with respect to significance? Yes. And also 
the logic and common sense is also part of me and matters. And I try to give that enough attention too. It's not just, it's not just yeah. like jump and see if you can fly it, but there's some of that. Um, but there's all, it's, it's both, but it's both. Definitely including the defined logic part though. <laughs> Definitely including that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I asked, I asked because I've, I've been feeling the yeah. same way. Like, uh, idea market and its ideal end state could be like this information distribution thing that, you know, is really impactful. Um, but I think my significance density is actually highest in making mm -hmm. music and like how the, the, the mind goes, how, how can I possibly write a song good enough to be worth spending less time building the epistemic infrastructure of humanity or so right. I tell myself. Um, but there's, and yet there's this feeling. I mean, the, I, here, I'll give you some Chinese philosophy. Um, so oh boy. The, it, this is from Mencius, and I don't remember the names of the characters, but the format of these is usually King something asked Mencius a question, and Mencius said blah, 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 right? So uh, it'll be like King Wen of Hui or something like that. So let's just say that that's what it is. So King, king Wen of Hui asked Mencius, um, I want to be a good king, uh, but I am too in love with art and too in love with beautiful things and walking in the gardens and et cetera. And I fear that this will take me off the path of, of being a virtuous king. And Mencius said, if you were to share, well, Mencius tells a parable, I'm gonna give the complicated Mencius tells a parable here about a different king. And he talks about these two different kings, right? There's one who has um, a small garden, right? And he was uh, killed, he was assassinated because he was a bad ruler. The other one had an enormous garden, but he invited people in to walk in the garden and to do recreation and to like be by the pond with their families and stuff like that. So he says, if you would share your love of the good, right, which comes across as the love of poetry and the love of music and the love of art and love of walking in the beautiful places, if you would share that with the people, then they would want you to love it even more. And take what you will from, from that. Um, I will, I will certainly. Thank you. That's cool. That's cool. I dig it. I feel this is great. Um, and, and I, I think it segues a little bit to something else that I wanted to ask you about. Um, when, when I was visiting you, you showed me a couple books that were like firsthand accounts uh, of, of history. One was, I think it was Napoleon's personal writings about some of his travels and then some writings from if I remember correctly, like some conquistadors encountering Aztecs for yes. the first time. And then everything you're discussing here with uh, Chinese philosophy, um, I get the sense that you get a lot out of these firsthand descriptions from brilliant people who are just like super different and from another time and just like had their own kind of thing. I just, I just want to like mine that and get the cliff's notes since I won't have, I, I don't have the, if I had three extra lifetimes, I would read that stuff, but I just don't. So like, give me the IV drip. Like I want yeah. it. I want it. Well, what do you got? Well, I will just say, if you ever read a book again, you just choose well, and you may find some of these that nearer the top of your list than you, than you, than you think. Um, the, the, uh, the, yeah. So the, the two books you're, you're mentioning are the Corsican is a selection of like Napoleon's writings and journal stuff. 
Um, I've only found copies of it on eBay. I'm almost loath to mention it because I don't know how many copies there are, but it's fucking awesome. All the copies I've gotten are like from 1920 and they've got these yellow pages and stuff. And they're beautiful. Um, the other book is The Conquest of New Spain uh, by Bernal Diaz, who traveled with Cortez in the 1400s to the New World to got to conquer the New World. Um, what do I get? But the, the latter one just reads like an adventure book. So I'm saying like if you would ever just like pick up a fiction book, consider uh, The Conquest of New Spain because it's not fiction. And it's awesome. It's just really, it's just like action packed basically. And like, okay, there's a couple sections where they go on for too long about how much flour they brought on the boats, but like, you, you know, you, you can get, where <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, um, um, let me just look up the dirge for Janice on the funeral plane. You read, you read Dune. No, but I just saw the movie, right. and you know, let 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 all the scoffs rain down on me. But yeah, I really well, like the the movie will bring people into to watching the thing. Oh, my internet is is crappy right now. For some reason, Google Chrome wants to use Yahoo, which is purely insane. Um, there's this little tidbit in Dune, which is like they at the beginning of the chapters they have these like uh, sayings and stuff, and um, from that world, right? And so one of these is this. Um, this dirge for Janice, which uh, is, he's a character, and it's sort of regretting that that this person, uh, his life was stolen away and passed away from him because he spent it in confusion. He spent it, um, you know, looking at shadows, like grasping at, at absent things. And um, this is showing up yet? I'm oh, sorry. Uh, the reason I, I mention that is because that's that's what freaks me out is like letting my life pass away and like habits is kind of a, about that right it's just like letting it slip away it's like the only thing you get as far as i know right maybe there's a cool afterlife that would be cool not gonna bank on it but that would be cool um and uh i like to read history because it's a great like illusion breaker um because it's like, I think our, your time is part, one of the sources of illusion is like your era is one of the sources of illusion. So you look out from the eyes of a person at a totally different time with very different assumptions and very different like cultural baggage and very different notions of like what it means to be good and notions of like how a pe person would conduct themselves and et cetera. And you, you have through the empathy, you can sort of like, I hope to sort of shed some of any of the confusion that my era is putting on me and that's kind of the that's kind of the reason um and also part of it with someone like napoleon is just that like you know he's a high achiever so you want to know what made him tick essentially um it's also very entertaining because he's such a fucking character he's just like talking about how like as a boy no one really liked him and they found him dry and like you know and like <laughs> all I care about is my work. And then he like writes these like letters to his wife and he's like, you scorn me with your marble look and your cold stare. And like, and, the, and you're like, it's just, there's something that I just find joyful in, in it because he's such a character. Um, the Aztec one is just because the, the Aztecs are maybe the most alien civilization that, that I, that we know a little bit about. Um, Cause they're so different from us. Like, all the human sacrifice and towers of skulls and um, cannibalism. And it's like same species, different people. 
And like, we could be doing that. That's part of it. We could be just like that. <laughs> we happen to not be. Why? Yeah. You know? Well, in order to, uh, to, to pass off as a, like, we, we just abstract that a bunch of layers into rituals and, and things right. like that. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really into it. And like, I, I have read not so much history, but just books written by geniuses of ages past. Mm -hmm. William James is a favorite. Right. I've read, I read Augustine. I started Augustine at, uh, you know, uh, in Utah and, um, there's this sense like when when you read something like that that's really good it almost is like reading their twitter feed it's like they're around now and they just have this totally different kind of take on things and it can kind of it can kind of bake into you and 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 be really kind of foreign and it's it's uh it's super cool yeah yeah it's a joy i mean i i uh and sometimes i find that they're they're more relatable than than people I know, like in some weird way, on some yeah. weird, narrow but essential dimension, I'll sometimes feel more. Formal. Yeah. Who who are who are some of those people that that make you feel seen? Um, you'll find these. The I, I know some people kind of like this, but one is we we've talked a bit about Ignatius, Saint Ignatius. Um, yeah. Because yeah, Saint yeah. Ignatius. In addition, in addition to being a saint and like a found, you know founder of a whole sub thing of of Christianity, um, is a is a mind guy. He's a mind guy, and he's he describes in the spiritual exercises that you will imagine, um, you know, the site of the Garden of Eden and all these things that are going on there. And he repeats, and I say, uh, like in the vision of the mind, you will see these things, and he. He's saying that you will visualize them. He's given the specific instruction. You will imagine the, the, the sights of hell and all the burning fire and its total expanse and how enormous it is and the howls of profanity and the sound of, of, uh, of beasts and the smells of hell and the smoke and the sulfur and the acrid stench of blah, blah. And he's like, he's, he's trying to get you to do a thing with your mind in order to cause a change. And that is like, I... Like that's my shit. Like, you know, that that's your shit. Like it's very phenomenological, very artistic. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. That's cool. About like imputing an experience. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and I might I do I, I, I might have mentioned that. this to you in person, but it's it's also that he I just find relatable that he has th these things that are like it's not just crazy esotericism, it's like normal self improvement advice. And he says don't just pray for an hour, pray for a little longer than an hour to make sure you pray for an hour. And you could hear Tim Ferriss just fucking Cal Newport saying that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, he says, after you totally. pray, if it went well, reflect on why and endeavor to do that more in the future. And if it went poorly. That is very Tim Ferriss. Yeah. It's, Tim Ferriss. It's, it's like iterate, <laughs> like, you know, like go meta, like learn lessons about the process and improve it. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's super, super rational. Maybe you have a, a, advice for me on this. That's, that's super rational and like, sounds like a completely reasonable habit to have. Um, but I like my chaos so much and I'm, I'm afraid that if I start trying to like have really good habits, I'll realize just how 
how bad my habits are and just how high that mountain is. Like I'm afraid to start climbing a mountain of improving habits right. because it might be infinity yeah. feet tall. Uh, it's you tall. Know? It's very tall. Um, I mean, honor that too. I think like, you know, maybe there are problems that you need to slowly sidle up to, um, in order to, you know, maybe you need to, to prepare, you know what I mean? Maybe you need to, um, question how you would go about it before you just force yourself into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that, I think it's, it's like, not wanting to impose a structure that isn't actually there. Kind of like going back to the, we don't have choices thing. Like I could try to put on Tim Ferriss right. and I could do it for about yeah. a day. Um, other than that, it's just like taking heuristics and, you know, using it to filter stuff so that I can do less yeah. work. Yeah. I mean, there, there's intelligence in like, in, in these aversions, you know? Um, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, what uh, what kind of art, film, etc. can we expect in your near future, potentially? Good question. Um, I am trying to figure out how to fund what I'm doing. And I uh, may be trying to raise money to do a project that I will post online soon. Um, I also might just keep going on the short films thing. And I have, I guess I don't like talking about stuff before it's, before it's ready. Cause it changes my mind all the time. By all means, I, I, I completely understand that. I completely understand that. So, you know, don't, don't, don't push it just cause I asked, but uh, I will say like when you posted your like website updates or something like that recently, I, I read some of your old stuff and really liked it. So I hope maybe you'll do like a Substack a little bit, and you can share, you can pay, you can attach videos to Substack yeah. posts. You can like distribute that however you want. Um, I would, yeah, man, just like yeah, I, I, I would say if there's something coming, that's just that I'm gonna keep trying to make stuff that was doper than what I made before. I'm gonna keep trying to hit timeless yeah. themes and with historical, spiritual, mythological significance. I'm just yeah, yeah, awesome. I have, yeah. I have one more question. How did you become an Ingrid Pope? <laughs> uh, well, uh, the Sravaka made a, is the, their at, made a bracket and there were 12 people in the bracket. I know, I know you became because yeah, you won the, the vote, vote because like you right. got elected, but how did you win the vote? Yes. It's kind of like, you know. The, the one impossible thing to do is to is say, I am going to be cool. And then be cool. That's, imp- that's, that's right. you know, like. Uh, in- that's right. It is cool to be in group. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And like, but, but to call your shot is the exact, it's like that nothing kills cool faster than calling. I'm going to be honest. I think I just went harder than everyone else. I think I just, it's with the media stuff. I, I need to upload these to YouTube, but it is the yeah. videos I made. I don't know if you ever saw my, my in-group Pope video. Um, I, maybe like the day it happened before I really knew yeah, you. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made a I bunch of it. I made two like advertising me videos and every day I was doing like recap of the previous day. Here's what's coming next. Here's my read on the bracket. <laughs> and then I would like tell everybody to vote for me and shit. Um, there was a lot of insanity with that. I There are confirmed cases of like vote buying happening and, you know, uh, just people doing like wild shit. Um, 
uh, I, I do give Connor some credit here where he's just like, you got to go hard. Like, don't half-ass it. Like, if you're going to do it, like, go hard. And, like, that did cause me to make a, a funnier video than I would have otherwise. That is, that is pretty funny. Um, I feel, you know, a gentle cloud of conclusion may be settling. So uh, I think I'll, you know, kind of leave it here. And uh, I'm going to share links to a bunch of your stuff in the, uh, in the about for this episode. And just uh, want to say thanks so much for the time and hang out. It's been super fun. If there's anything else uh, you'd like to add, now's the time. We got. No, th I mean, this is great. Thanks for having me. Let me know if I can help you find any links. Um, no, sounds good. Good chat. Sounds good, man. Excellent. Likewise. Um, I'm just going to hit.